Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Autumn is in the air. Time for back to school, football games, and pumpkin lattes. Fall is also a great time to buy or sell a car online at driveway.com. Welcome to Driveway, where you can feel completely in control of your car buying or selling experience. Our nationwide network with tens of thousands of vehicles is unmatched. And when you buy from Driveway, there's no pressure. We offer our best price up front. That's Driveway, a customer-friendly experience that makes buying or selling your car easy. Driveway. Auto done easy. What's up, everyone? Glad to be back on the social network here. I'm pretty pumped to bring you guys Rodney McElwain today. He has an incredible story. A story of basically comeback. You know, I've said in previous episodes, I love a good comeback story. And Rodney, there may be no better comeback story from a dire diagnosis to thriving in life. So I'm excited to tell you a little bit about Rodney before we have our interview. So Rodney's a health and wellness and performance enhancement professional with over 20 years of experience in the field. Athletics have always been a big part of Rodney's life. He attended the University of Maryland on track and field scholarship. And as an ACC athlete, it drove him to learn as much as he could about the human body and human performance. In 1999, Rodney graduated with a BS in kinesiology and pre-physical therapy. He then obtained his MS in clinical exercise physiology from the George Washington University in 2002. Rodney is also a certified strength and conditioning coach and certified personal trainer through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. He also has a performance enhancement specialist certification from NASM and it's allowed him to work in physical therapy clinics as well as work with athletes. Since that time, he has over 10 years experience working in physical therapy clinics as well as another 15 years managing fitness departments throughout the Washington, D.C. area. He has a passion for helping people achieve their goals regardless of of who they are. His true passion is working with athletes, especially high school and college athletes. He has worked with clients who have made it to the NBA, MLB, NFL, and the Olympics. Guys, it's an awesome pleasure to bring you this interview with Rodney McElwain. So I'm really thankful that you're on the show today. We're really excited. I'm excited to present you to everybody, man. I told you earlier, we got to share your story, man. Definitely. I'm, I'm excited to share it. Excited to be a part of the podcast myself. Thanks, man. Well, you know, when I first connected with you, I was really, I was blown away by your story and everything that you've gone through. And I said, man, this, uh, we had, I think we had a lot of similarities too, you know, in growing up and stuff. So, uh, it was something I was like, man, I, I want to make sure we get Rodney on here to talk. So I want to, yeah, I want to jump straight into it, man. I want you know, our, the listeners to hear about your story, especially in, in your dire diagnosis. I believe you had brain cancer, right? Was the diagnosis? Yeah. Was diagnosed with brain cancer in November, 2016. Man, you got the, you remember it like it was yesterday. What was that like? Uh, um, it, you know, I guess kind of backtrack a little bit. I had gotten diagnosed with like rheumatoid arthritis and sarcoidosis mm-hmm. probably a few years before that. So, you know, I was all gung ho about, um, you know, trying to do whatever I could to, to beat those things. And then it seemed like things just kept happening, it kept getting worse. I then I wasn't sure if it was the medicines or was it just, you know, a continuation of the other disease. And then, you know, and then finally ended up with the, the diagnosis of brain cancer. It was definitely, uh, a shock to the system because, you know, my whole life's been about athletics. My whole life's been about health and wellness. You know, my current job, I'm supposed to be kind of the, you know, the face for health and wellness for my county I, I live in. And so it was definitely, it, it was a gut check. Um, you know, I, I went home and I think I probably even cried for a couple of days, but then I kind of just realized that um, I could get through it. Luckily I had a friend who came in my life that helped me out from a holistic standpoint to, to beat the disease. And then I just found motivation in my two sons. Um, you know, previously I had took the approach of doing whatever I could as far as Western medicine to be here for my sons, be able to coach them still. 
So um, I had a, now it was time for the holistic approach. And so when I told them I was going to do a holistic approach, they were, they basically told me, they gave me six months to live, which was actually ironically was a, I was the six months, but that have been two days ago. Right. <laughs> that, right. Uh, days. It's amazing that I'm even here to talk to you. But um, what I try to do now is with my story, I do, if people have you know questions about holistic lifestyle, and like I refer them to to my colleague, or I can answer questions myself. But my biggest thing is about believing in yourself. Um, first and foremost, I think you know we're kind of programmed to think certain things, and you're programmed to based whether it's from society, your parents, or TV, or other friends. You just a lot of times you know think the worst about something. So I I, I immediately never classify myself as a brain cancer patient. I was a, a strong young man that was, well, not so young anymore, but a strong man that was diagnosed with it. I think, I think that mindset kind of helped me. You know, like I said, the first, the first couple of days, I actually got a, I got diagnosed probably around the 12th and I got the second confirmation on the 20th of November, 2016. So it was, I would say probably the 22nd, I was on my couch in the fetal position crying. Right. So then, you know, what was me kind of thing, but then I just kind of sucked it up. And I think that's what helped me. Um, luckily, like I said, my friend, holistic buddy helped me out from a standpoint of when I was having a bad day, you know, it's, it's time to go ahead and get, get on that treadmill, get on that run, make sure you're getting the best, you know, best, you know, health of your life, that kind of thing. But also just from the motivation factor. So I think being a former athlete, especially, you know, a track athlete and yeah. a great conference, Atlantic Coast Conference, you had to, you had to be at your best mentally. So I think that definitely helped. But I think my mindset, I just, I, I was really wanting to prove people wrong and then what I try to do now with the story is just tell people, you know, you can never believe, never let anybody else's words determine your fate. You know, I had some of the best doctors in the Mid-Atlantic telling me I had six months to live. Wow. And now they're calling me, you know, they're calling me sobbing, congratulating me and how I'm, you know, proving it wrong and stuff like that. So that's what I do try to share is just believe in yourself. And I think that's the best thing my, my kids learned is, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes I, I think my, my uh, oldest son, Rashawn, he's 13 now. I, I had to lean on him a little too much. I was, we were going through some, we were going through some other stuff in our life too. Yeah. So you know we they were going through a lot, the a divorce and that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of wanted. I knew he was mature enough to handle it, and I kind of, I didn't really tell him everything, but I didn't hide stuff from him. But I think his strength and how how he persevered, stayed a four O student, stayed an excellent athlete, and an amazing big brother. That, that kind of helped motivated me. And then you know as I was coaching teams, I still I was still coaching four teams. I think during that time. Wow. And I had one year, actually my oldest son's team, when he was first in sixth grade, their previous team had won the state championship, which we just happened to win a couple of weeks ago. But uh, to the whole, almost a whole eighth grade class left. So they're going to be, they're going to be led by my son, who was 11 at the time. And they lost about, you know, five players. And so the coach basically quit on them. Everybody was telling them they weren't going to win any games and, and so it was around the same time, you know, basketball season started around that same time I was getting diagnosed. So here I am getting told I'm not going to make it. And then here, here they are, you know, at a Christian school <laughs> getting told by their teachers, they're not going to make it. So I just wow. kind of coached them. And when they, we, you know, I, I told them, you know, to believe in themselves and we're going to, they're going to overcome. They're going to shock the world. I didn't necessarily believe it to be honest, but they started winning, went on a 12 game winning streak. They believe every day they yelled, they chanted believe and thank me for instilling that, that, the value in them, it kind of motivated me to, you know, believe in myself more, even fight even more. So it's one of those things where I'm definitely not going to be a hypocrite. So it just, I just kind of went full force with it and, you know, positivity, you know, just, and a lot of times it's not just my whole, the whole list of things, not just eliminating what's going on in your, you know, what you're eating. It's also just, you know, eliminating toxic things in your life in general, whether it's a, a sister you can't get along with or a coworker, you got to, you know, just try to, it's, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not worth getting stressed out over what somebody said to you or what they said to you on Instagram or anything like that. Yeah. So I kind of adopted that mindset too, of just, you know, pushing through. And I always said to somebody, you know, somebody was having a, a worse day than myself, but I, I think just, you know, the, the, the circle of people that, that were around me helped me out. And I kind of kept it to myself. You know, I think when some of my parents of uh, my players started finding out, they were like, oh, you need to be in a wheelchair. And I'm like, no, I'm say, dude, you saw oh, running. Oh, man. So I, was, I, I never wanted that pity. So I think, you know, and yeah. I think I think that's where a lot of people, I'm not going to say go wrong, but they have a lot of people, you know, have succumb to some conditions because your, your mind is very powerful. So I think if you kind of, think you can't do anything anymore because of a doctor's diagnosis, I think, you know, it can, it can come to 
to happen. So I just tell people, believe in yourself no matter what. Keep fighting. Keep grinding. Um, find find something that's going to motivate you. I have I have my two great sons that motivate me and, and keep me motivated to stay on a great track. You know, that's yeah, that's that's my story in a nutshell. Um, like I said, I had I had a period of self doubt for a couple of days. Um, even though challenged my faith a little bit, you know, like why me? You know, I think I think me and you were both hurdlers, so it's kind of like and then my mom's like just another hurdle, baby. And I'm like I've run too many hurdles in my life. <laughs> I'm good now. Right. What an but analogy. um. Yeah, so it's kind of like it, 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 it challenged me, but now it gave me a whole new perspective on life. Um, every every kid I train or every athlete I train, and my kids, my teams, or even my clients, I kind of challenge them to define their own norm of success and and do something because you want to do it, not because you you saw it on a TV show or you saw it on a reality TV or you were you're, you're programmed to think you want to do it. You know, kind of kind of come up with your own solid plan for yourself. You know, and that that kind of thing. So it's it's, it's been a that's why I try to share my story now. Uh, it's it's a, a it's a rough thing to go through, but I'm proud to be here and telling my story. If, if it can motivate anybody just to kind of believe in themselves or challenge themselves to get their own path. So I, I consider myself, you know, I'm still a great trainer, especially when it comes to training athletes. But now I'm, you know, they, they kind of laugh like, are we are we at church now? Are we doing you know what are we, are we talking about? You're, you're telling me to meditate and breathe deep and. Don't worry about that little stuff. So it's just, it's, yeah. I think it's made me even better, a better, you know, a better, I call myself a performance enhancement coach. So maybe even now I'm really enhancing performance and, you know, it's getting to the psychology of it too. So just that mindset and I've always been called mentally strong and right. that kind of thing. But it's just, it's a, uh, I think, like I said, it goes back to, I think, to being an athlete. And that's why I like being around athletics is I think you learn a lot of life lessons. You know, you've been knocked down, you've been sore, you've been hurt, you've been injured, you come back, it's, you've been in the fourth quarter down. Like my team, we on the, my son's team, we were down eight in the fourth, we were down eight points with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, came back and won. Oh, so it's just, when you see, and now, you know, when I see them buy in <laughs> to, you know, the believing in yourself and that kind of stuff, the goal setting they're doing, and just from becoming, they're, they're becoming great young men, not just great athletes and students. They're Most of them are all 3.8, 4.0 students, so that just really, you know, inspires me to keep going. You know, I've gotten a lot of kids uh, to help them get college scholarships. That motivates me. I was I had a special chance to train the uh, Calvin Massenburg, who's actually the Special Olympics world champion in the 100-meter dash. So he believes in himself over there. He can overcome obstacles. How can I not? <laughs> ask you when you were chatting before a little bit about what's your relationship with western medicine and holistic medicine uh, you know after after all this um <laughs> i try not to downplay western medicine too much but you know, honestly i was uh they believed that a medicine i was on might, might have been caused to brain cancer oh, wow. so I, I was already kind of moving to a holistic approach anyway um but i i think you it's still i'm not gonna say don't you still have to go to your doctor, still get checked out, still get scans, that kind of thing. I just because it kind of goes back to that whole programming thing. You know, when I was probably five or six, I just thought of, you know, doctors almost, you know, high esteem, almost like, as like almost like godlike. They're, they're yeah. probably one of the smartest people on the planet, which they are, but also they're you're only you're limited by you're not, they're not robot. They can't do expert. They can't just look through your body. So they are just doing educated guessing. Um, so I, I kind of adopted more of a holistic, I guess, more Eastern medicine. Uh, I do acupuncture, and, but I'm, I'm also doing new things like cryotherapy and things like that. But uh, so I think just a mixture. But I just kind of tell people just make sure they're doing just do their due, due diligence with research or, you know, ask questions. So I've kind of I'm kind of in the middle, but leaning more towards almost a traditional Eastern approach, just these side effects on things are pretty crazy in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, dog on the prescription industry, but it's just, uh, these, these medicines, you know, a lot of medicines, they find out their true, they try to, they find out their true effects by accident. You know, they may be doing a clinical trial for one condition and they find out it, it helps with something else. So like I said, it's just highly educated guessing, but, um, I kind of, I kind of reached a point where I'm real careful about what's going on in my body and like I said, it's just getting toxins out of my body. So whether that's food related or certain medicines, whether that's stress from a family member or whatever, I'm kind of yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of yeah, I've kind of moved. I'm definitely moving toward more Eastern, I guess you know, 
and it's funny you know, you kind of start doing a lot of research you kind of see things are kind of getting popular again that were written in books 400 500 years ago but it was just kind of maybe downplayed by western government and but yeah, it's a. I just tell everybody do your do your due diligence <laughs> and and research and don't just think you know. I keep using that word program. That's kind of my buzzword the last couple of years. But you know, yeah. I say as a parent, as soon as your kid sniffles, you immediately get him cold, cold medicine. Right. So maybe maybe it could be something else they could be taking that's gonna you know, or it could just been you know, it could be allergy. You just never know. So don't just think you immediately got to jump to uh to medicate yeah. something. Yeah. 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 You know what's it's interesting. I uh. On Netflix, there's a great documentary called Heal. I don't know if you've seen it before. I've seen bits and pieces of it, yeah. I haven't it's seen really the whole thing. Good. It, remind, it reminded me of you when I watched <laughs> it because it was, you know, it was about people who were getting, you know, different diagnoses. And a, a few of the people, they were really healthy people and, and they, they got uh, cancer. And, yeah. and they, were, they were very conflicted about wanting to, you know, they wanted to do the holistic version of healing and and stuff but then they ended up doing some western medicine elements as well and then uh the one lady she was seeing like a spiritual psychologist and i'm like i've mm -hmm. never heard of that before <laughs> and it's just different stuff but it didn't yeah. discount western medicine it was more like hey it, it you do need it on some level in some instances but there, there is this other element the more holistic eastern version of it that we should be giving attention to definitely and like, like i said i don't Shy. I don't say don't get rid of it, but it's it's just yeah. I, I'm kind of more in that middle and leaning towards the Eastern medicine. But also, as you know, in our industry, we're all, all also all individuals too. Yeah. So what exactly worked for me is not going to work <laughs> for you versus somebody else. So it's like I, that's why I kind of say it's, yeah, do your due diligence, and it may be a mixture. It may be 70 30 one way, maybe you know 40 60 the other way. But you got to figure out what's going to work for you. But the 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 if you you got to get your mind right. That's the bottom line. And I but I will say when I started, you know, eliminating some of the toxins from you know by adopting vegan vegetarian lifestyle or organic cleaning products and that tumor started shrinking and shrinking <laughs> i wow. bought in and then i would definitely say you know you know within a week i may work 60 hours work out myself 10 hours train athletes coach teams and when i'm truly vegan i'm not even i'm not even that sore by the end of the week whereas when i'm kind of you know cheating on my diet a little bit i, I can yeah. i can kind of feel information so it that's just my it works for me so i I just tell people, you know, hey, you give it a try, but you know, just like anything else, whether it's, you know, we're talking about working out, where you're talking about how to, you know, increase your mile time, there's always going to be some individual aspects to that. So, so what do you think about, you know, currently, I think, you know, fitness and wellness, especially now wellness is a buzzword, is now, I just read it's like a 4.2, like, you know, billion, trillion, whatever, maybe it's a big number industry now. Mm -hmm. And we're getting, I just read this article. It was interesting. I'm going to be posting it here soon. Is basically how um, the wellness industry needs to be taken back from celebrities. <laughs> it was interesting. How like in Instagram and things like that have taken over like wellness advice. What's your uh, take on that? <laughs> um, it's you no. Know, I love the industry, but I think it's, it definitely has its fads, and I'm kind of I don't like the fads because what happens is yeah. just the the science or the, the, the rationale behind things kind of gets, I guess, downplayed and it's, it gets, it gets, uh, it, you get more and people get more societies and more influenced by either somebody who knows how to use Instagram well, market themselves well, or they know how to, or like I said, a celebrity. Like for instance, I remember I can tell people for 10 years to do certain things, but then they they may come in 10 years later saying, Hey, Beyonce is doing this thing you were talking about. Maybe you knew yeah, what you were talking yeah. about. So I'm like, so you're, you're, you're kind of, I'm not saying she's not a smart, intelligent woman, but you're kind of you're, you're uh, comparing my my exercise physiology mind to hers. But it's like, so I guess to answer your question, um, I've read some articles talking about how you know eight out of nine wellness social media influencers are usually wrong in their in their content. And yeah. So I, it, it kind of goes back to the same thing: do your due diligence, um, <laughs> make sure you're researching. Like, for instance, uh, in my in, in in fitness training, personal training. Just because you have a bodybuilder doesn't mean you know how to train other people. So a lot of people look at, oh, he's a bodybuilder. They know how to train people. Or with athletes, oh, he was in the NBA. He knows how to train people. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. That means they had great genetics and they know how to train themselves. So 
I just I guess to answer your question without sounding too negative is just to go back and do your due diligence. It, it can be frustrating. That sometimes I talk to my colleagues and we're like, man, these people are making a killing and they don't know anything. Right. But it's they like are. so it, it can be frustrating. But at, at the same time, I'm not in the industry for money. I mean, I wouldn't mind more money, but <laughs> I, I try to keep my I try to keep my rationale that you know at the end of the day, my reputation is growing. I'm I'm getting you know feedback. I'm getting referral. I'm getting I'm getting attention. Yeah. Not doing some of those things. So I think at the end of the day, that the good ones last, whereas the yeah the celebrity influence stuff and the um like the social media influence stuff, it uh you know it it it, it, it kind of fades out. Like I remember when I first became you know. I was going through the cancer fight, and you know that's when I think "What's the Health" came out on Netflix. Yeah, so everybody yes. thought it was be popular. I'm like, no, I'm trying to do it to stay alive. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, not, exactly. I'm, not, I'm not doing. Are you doing that vegan thing? I said it's not a thing. It's my lifestyle. So it's just like no, and I get. I'm sure you get it too. You get. I get about ten different questions about the latest diet of the week, and I'm like, huh? Yeah. I never heard this diet or this so and so challenge. So. <laughs> I just tell people do the research. I mean, you you got to think about making a lifestyle. Something's not going to be temporary. Not just going to, not just going to do for this week. And it's not about what you're posting on social media. Like the whole right. gym now is videotaping on Instagram. You know, a the guy can only gym. do one push up. Yep. He's going to do one push up, but it's on Instagram. And <laughs> so, that's a good looking push up too. Yeah. Like, Ooh, that's a good looking push up. <laughs> and great Nike outfit, but uh, yeah. So it's just uh, like I said, I, and I'm trying to actually figure out how to use know some of that some of that to my advantage a little bit more in social media and how to be more of a presence be able to share my story more so i don't want to make it seem so negative but it, it does yeah it can straighten this industry that you know it gets kind of fab based or if you have a, a you throw it make a, a, a nice uh fluorescent pink apparatus <laughs> and have a nice infomercial with it it, it sells <laughs> we might have been doing the same exact thing for who, who knows how long so it can get frustrating but i just kind of roll with it and i think at the end of the day i know who i am what i'm about my integrity and my passion it's going to i think it's going to pay off in the end it already has like i said just from the, the clientele my my clientele success and just you know how I, my, my mindset now so i'm content yeah you know what's interesting i you're you're right people are always asking me about stuff and i did the thing they i i always get asked about lately because you know when things pop up in news and you're in the fitness business and wellness they ask you people go oh what do you think about the ketogenic diet you know what do you yeah. think about that and stuff so what what have you heard or, or how do you respond when people ask you about that um usually i'll say i haven't my tagline might be i haven't kept up with the latest <laughs> the latest uh, diets but i kind of <laughs> And then people get frustrated, like, we know you got you all those degrees, you can help us out. So I kind of just go back to the individualized thing. Um, yeah. And I, I, I ask them question, you know, why are you really doing this? Are you doing it because everybody here at the cubicle is doing it? Or so I, I kind of get them to dig question, you know, ask them questions to know why they're trying to do it, uh, right. what's going on with their backgrounds, allergies, conditions. So usually by then they kind of, they kind of like, never mind, he ain't going to help us out. But You're uh, not going to help me. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, um, even like, even before it became faddish, I tell people that's not, I'm, I don't consider myself an expert in nutrition. So I'd rather prefer you to somebody more has more knowledge or keeping up with some of the current stuff. And I, I can tell you, you know, about, biochemistry metabolism how to boost your metabolism and that right. kind of stuff what's going to work for you when that work for me so usually they kind of i give them a, a nice long answer like that they kind of leave me alone <laughs> you sound right like me. I, I do a very similar <laughs> thing i am very hesitant to provide like very specific nutritional stuff yeah. i'm not a registered dietitian it's out of, outside of my scope of practice but i think that's yeah. what separates people like us is you'll get people go on media and things of that nature. And they're so passionate about something like the mm -hmm. ketogenic diet. They may not have any real information except for the fact that they feel it helped them. Yeah. And they become these crusaders for it, but no real knowledge of it. And I think sometimes the greatest gift of knowledge is having understanding. You don't have knowledge about something. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And saying, Hey, I, I will refer you to somebody who does, but unfortunately I think what happens a lot in, in uh, different social media outlets, people become enthusiastic champions for things mm -hmm. they don't always have a lot of information on. And, and think about it, even nutrition or even biomechanics. I mean, even yeah. my four years in Maryland, the, the, the way strength and conditioning trained in those four years, or even with nutrition, uh, you know, now they're doing, I've been reading about metabolic typing and so yeah. how 
the Parkers may process carrots differently than the McElwain's and this stuff yeah. is different factors. And especially with nutrition, it seems like, I mean, I think by the time we got the phone, there's going to be two breakthroughs in nutrition. So yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't, especially with the social media age, I'm like, you're not going to be on social media telling me, telling people that you got advice from me and you end up having either reverse conditions or you lose no weight or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, a lot of people try to act like they know stuff, but they and, but they really don't. So I kind of tell people, you know, do like I say, I keep going back to it. Do your research <laughs> and yep. yeah, go from there. I think most of the people that I know that are, you know, really great fitness and wellness professionals, they're, they're actually very undercover about being really good. They're not mm-hmm. out there in the public super. Actually, they're working a lot. They don't have time to be posting stuff. And although they know they social media is part of, the deal. I think there's a hesitancy on a lot of, at least my colleagues of like, hey, you know, I don't want to, pre- I don't want to present myself in a way that may not be really representative of who I am, just to get clicks and try to drive traffic with that. You know, yeah. and uh, I think a lot of the great work is being done uh, under under the covers, you know, behind the scenes. With a lot of my colleagues, they're just not out there and about with you know all the things that are going on and. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower Every note. or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, Cruising. you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I think that was for me. Part of this podcast is I want to bring to light some of our really amazing professionals who may not have this like they don't have a million followers, you know, they don't mm-hmm. have like all this stuff, but they're they're way more credible people to be following than people who are just putting, like you said, doing one push up with the Nike gear and you know and yeah. everything smiling looks good. And I don't even know how people work out anymore in gyms. Everybody's taking pictures and doing videos. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but um, yeah, it's just. It's, we'll see how if it, it lasts, but I, like I said, I think it goes. I think when we have people like me or yourself, it, our reputation and our, our knowledge and just our passion comes out when we get in front of people. Um, yeah. Like I try to spend a lot of time just educating. I wouldn't mind using social media more to kind of just educate on things that I, I believe myself to be an expert in. But at the same time, it's just, it's like you know I've been trying to work on my website and stuff like that, and so. Yeah. You haven't got it done yet. I said, well, I've been busy with clients. So I guess that's good. Yeah. Because I was like, people, my, it's growing because I get calls all the time. And then what's funny yeah. is you mentioned people with a million followers. A lot of those people end up calling me. Hey, um, oh, man. <laughs> you show me a, can you show me a workout to do real quick that I can put on Instagram? Or, hey, can I pick your brain on this? I said, you can pick my brain. I ain't going you know, to show you stuff. Yeah. So it's just, it's just kind of funny. Or even sometimes, you know, where I work, some people will be like, oh, can you show me real quick so I can try to um, impress the evening crew? I'm like, nah, this is the first one. This no. has been a buildup. It's a progression over years or something like that. Yeah. So you're worried about your, you know, your, your impressing people. I'm worried about helping people. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, we know that there's, again, I, I'm like you. I like a lot of research. And what we're finding in research with social media and fitness and stuff is there's this pressure to constantly post. And when people mm-hmm. don't post constantly, it drops their followership dramatically mm-hmm. because people are so of the moment type of thing. So I'm always of the mindset, like, listen, I, you know, I, I want to focus on, you know, one or two people at a time, focus on that, move to the next person. One, but good things grow slowly. It's not a quick yeah. thing with that. So I think, I think we're in a different, we're in a weird age for fitness and wellness because it becomes so popular among yeah. social media and stuff and things are changing. But I want to ask you too is, what are the trends that you are seeing in fitness? You know, there's these, you know, always trends that are coming out through the ACSM and ACE and all that. But what are you seeing in your point of view? Well, the, the HIT train is popular, but I think I see about five different definitions of HIT. But um, okay. it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, especially, you know, you as an athlete, it's, it's nothing new to, it's nothing new, you know, no. exercise and stuff. But I, I think uh, people get caught up on that. Um like the small, uh, I'm trying to think what other trends. A lot of people have these apps that are kind of giving them workouts. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't see anything wrong with that, but it just goes back to the whole individualized thing. Is it is it actually something for you that's going to be good for you or the, that kind of thing? But I, I just think I see also just a lack of education. Like when even when it comes to, let's say, uh, working with athletes. So, for instance, somebody might hire me to work on somebody's speed enhancement or the vertical, but they get they want they actually want more conditioning. So I was like, you can't do conditioning and work on your vertical at the same time. You got to give your muscles an attic. Now, the rest right. ratio is huge. So I said, you know, doing suicide is not going to help the vertical. No. But um, so, so I think just there's a lot of bad material out there, I would say. There's one yeah. thing I definitely see. Um, I'm trying to think what up. But that's definitely this, the hit is popular. Kettlebells. Um, you know, kettlebells are it's popular, but definitely used wrong. Like I tell people, it's a, it's a you know, it's actually an athletic movement to kind of work on your hip hinge. Not, it's not right. supposed to be a something you do to music and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> wait a minute, you having people doing it to music? That- I mean, it, it looks like they're doing like choreography versus <laughs> that kind of stuff. But well, um, I so I, I think I have not seen that, but yeah. so I think it's good. I've seen people do a lot more things than I haven't seen in the past. But um, yeah, it's back. The, the education or where they're getting it from because they're getting it from that's that uh celebrity who posted it the night before because i have people come in there show me the little instagram clip is this, this am i supposed to do this what's this for and it's, it's uh it's a singer doing a 20 minute workout routine at her gym so um that's definitely stuff i've kind of seen yeah um i like the i do like some of the technology where you know people are able to track their their mileage their car you know their heart rate that kind of yeah. stuff Get that feedback. I'm trying to think what else you know. I, I kind of see. Um, I think this goes back to stuff. Are you seeing like I I've seen a lot of recovery based modalities out there. I see a lot of foam rolling, but it goes back to are they doing it right? Right. <laughs> but you definitely have a lot more foam rolls, and you know you got this now you got the stretch the stretch centers popping up and that kind of thing. Um, I I believe in it. It's just one is you know is it is it being done properly, um, or you don't want to foam roll for five hours on the same spot. So <laughs> I think like I said, I keep I might be sounding redundant, but it keeps going back to just, all right, why are you doing it? Do you know what you're doing? Are you doing it because it was it's popular now? Or are you doing it because it's actually going to help you out? So that's what I kind of see is more people just doing things because it's 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 trendy or popular and you, you yeah. still got that's not everybody you, you got some people that are actually you know devout and study and they kind of they're trying to actually better themselves and they could care less what another person thinks of them but um i see more good than bad though i would say but it's definitely just i think it's just the whole that everybody's getting everybody's either getting their information from social media or they're trying to impress on social media so that's influencing yeah. what i kind of see in, in the uh fitness arenas so what do you think about, because I was like, man, I, I, Rodney would be a good person to talk to about this, knowing you're into research and stuff, is, well, there is a really, really good um, podcast on NPR, it's called Hidden Brain, and it had, it was called basically the placebo, placebo effect, it was called Dramatic Cure. What do you, what do you think about the placebo effect in relation to, uh, you know, different modalities being used for exercise or different approaches for that because there's some really interesting research i'll take foam rolling for example there's some there's a great meta-analysis meta-analysis of uh, 34 studies um and sweat science did this and it didn't really say that foam rolling was like a huge difference and it didn't say it wasn't bad but it was basically like hey if you believe it works for you it's probably good for you but it wasn't like overwhelmingly positive or it wasn't like, oh, this doesn't work in one way. So what do you think about if somebody thinks something works for them? I, like I said, the the mind is powerful. So I definitely believe right. that way. And, um, you know, I think you talked to some of my colleague teacher as a sports psychologist, you know, it's just, it's just, um, that's a big factor. Uh, like, you know, even from a, I tell my son, hey, you're a great shooter, but if you go into that game thinking you're not going to shoot well, you're not going to shoot well. Right. So I do believe in that. Um. Also, I think if you're thinking about what it's supposed to be working on, you may actually get that benefit, whether you actually perceive it or not. Like, for instance, I fall on before, so I feel my muscles feel I'm, I'm better ready for that workout. I'm activated, that kind of thing. Right. Who knows if I'm actually I'm not doing 
studies, but mentally I'm already trying to figure out, yeah, I'm about to kill this workout. So I think yes. I, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of truth to that. Cause uh, you know, it's just like you see whether the woman looks good or not, if she feels she looks good, she's gonna have a little bounce to her step. She, That's you know, right. so, so it's just it, that, confidence, that confidence. And then like like I said, you know, I try to teach people to kind of get in tune with, all right, so you're you're sitting at a desk a lot, your you know, your IT bands are, you know, you're feeling an IT band tightness with a quote unquote tightness, but let's try to make sure we're eliminating that. So now they're kind of, whether it's may, may, whether it's working or not, now they're kind of at least in tune with what their body feels and what their body's doing. And so I, I think I can, I can definitely see that happening. Um, and you know, you can, when it comes to like you said, some of the, you know, apparatus balance training, you know, you can stand on, on one foot and close your eyes and get a, a good stimulus. So you don't necessarily need all that. So yeah. I, I definitely, the mind, the mind is powerful. The mental, I mean, me and the sports college psychologist, Fight, she always says it's eighty five percent mental. I don't know if it's that high, but like, mental man, is yeah. <laughs> mental is a huge part of it. Huge part of it. Yeah, I think so. And um, I think the more information, you know, I'm an information junkie when it comes to research and stuff. I might not be able to quote it all completely, but yeah, you know, reading these things and then you know, it's like think take something like icing or cryotherapy. Again, mm-hmm. there's uh, interesting research on that. There, there are mixed results. as of as of lately and but you know i think what if a person hey man this is my routine this is what i do it makes me feel like i'm going to compete well when i add this part to my routine you know it's just what i do for my individual self this is what prepares me this is what keeps me from getting stressed out this is what keeps me you know able to be a good co-worker able to be a good spouse able to you know so i think yeah you gotta you gotta find out what works for you and then not saying this be a robot, but you might have to tweak things certain days or, but I think that that part of it is huge. So even from a non-workout standpoint, I kind of challenge my employees and my kids when you wake up, all right, you know, what, what are you going to try to focus on that day? Right. What are you going to be thinking? So even from, the, it, it's, it's huge, I think. So I never really thought of it as a placebo effect, but I do think, you know, that it, it has some value. Well, there's something you, you you would if you like information like this, I would highly suggest you to listen to that podcast. In particular, that episode's called Dramatic Cure. It's about Dramatic. the placebo effect. And there's one thing I thought it was interesting was part of the placebo effect. You know, usually you don't tell somebody they're getting the placebo <laughs> in a study. Right. But they do this dramatic honesty where they tell the participant they're getting the placebo effect and it pisses people off they don't like it but they take that in conjunction with the fact they basically with a really nice physician a doctor who was like really caring and warm what they basically studied and came to the conclusion was a a lot of the healing that happened with people was, was the service provider was the cure for them in their mind they felt like yeah. hey rodney's the my problem. trainer yeah, the program. He's a cure. He's, a, <laughs> yeah. he's the pill for me. It's not what I'm taking. It's and there's something I've talked to a lot of professionals, a lot of physicians, cardiologists about it, and they they all agree they're like there's a huge element to the service provider being part of the cure, being actually maybe the biggest part of that cure. Mm-hmm. What do you the think about, about that? It's, it's different, right? It, yeah, it's different, but I, I just hope you don't get too dependent on it because now it's like no, you know. No. I share my story, but it's almost like I get about 10 calls, 15 email texts a week. Hey, my grandma just got um, diagnosed with so-and-so cancer. Can you can you help her? Right. You know, me, but, oh, you know, you're you going to cure her, right? I'm like, I can tell her what I did, yeah. <laughs> and I can try to challenge her, but you know, challenge her to you know be positive and that kind of stuff. But um, I, I definitely see some value in that. Like, that goes back to just the whole mind thing. They're, they're thinking that they're going to this place to get healed. So that's going to, so you're already kind of maybe thinking positively. Oh, he's going to, he's, Darren's going to help me out, that kind of thing. But so I, it makes sense to me. Like I said, uh, I have a whole different mindset now. And like I said, I don't know, I'm not going to say 80% mental, but yeah, the mental has a huge component to it. So I, can, I can definitely see how, I can definitely see how it, it could help. Well, I think it goes into the conversation of just segueing to, you know, being a trainer over many years, like you have, and I have is, you know, your role as a trainer and, you know, the personal element of it. Maybe you can talk to that a little bit, how important your role is in the actual personal development of your clients. Well, that's what I can, and I kind of, I guess to maybe kind of distinguish myself from some of the, I guess, 
so I call them social media trainers. I've kind of moved to more of I'm more I'm more of like a performance enhancement coach kind of thing. Like I really stress that word coach, but it starts with you know assessing, and so not just assessing joints, but also personality, how people are motivated, that kind of thing. So I think we play a huge role because we are we got to find a way that's going to make it work for them, and we got to motivate them. Uh, you know, I got some people that just call to talk. I got somebody to call talk about their day at work. Right. So you just kind of, you know, you just kind of, um, but it always ties back into making sure you're doing something for yourself. You're doing healthy. How you're feeling? Are you stressed? Let's eliminate that stress. But um, even from a, you know, just in a gym standpoint, you got to figure out what that person's goals are. I try to figure out their goals and their needs. Then I try to figure out how we're going to find a way to get, get them to that, those goals. But also I got to figure out, are they the kind of person that's going to be able to do some stuff on their own? Do they, they need, do they need a lot more variety? Do they need to have a lot more fun? Or can it is, you know, can we, so you got to figure out that person and figure out what's going to be the best blueprint for them. And that's the same kind of mindset I use, um, you know, in, in, in supervising 500 people or, you know, that kind of thing is just trying to develop strengths, you know, try to uh, highlight the strengths, increase their strengths, but also work on their weaknesses and try to make those better or put people in the best situation to succeed. So I think all of that ties into the coaching standpoint. So just like, for instance, you know, I, you know, from research, I know if, you have somebody that's totally stressed out. If you give them like a super hard metabolic workout, you can actually increase their cortisol levels even more right. and cause, you know, end up causing more damage. So you got to be thinking about that. Or yeah, I'll even tell people too, hey, you got any important meetings coming up later part of the week? Or, you know, that, what, do you, what do you got going on? Well, we're, right, we're going, today we're going to work on this. That's going to get us, that's going to get those endorphins released and get you into this positive mood. But then next day we're going to do more of an active recovery to kind of make sure your stress is good. You're not holding that tension. You're not nervous about that new, the meeting you got on Wednesday. So we're going to make sure, you know, your posture is good, your muscles relax, you're in tune with your body. So it, it, it ties in, it ties into everything, whether we're helping them out with their eating a little bit. Like I said, I don't do a whole lot of that, but right. just kind of say, well, you know, you're going to need more calories this day. You're going to, you know, you're going to need more protein this day. Or so I think it, it, it helped. It definitely helps them during performance, which is going to, I'm a big believer. If you're, you're healthier, you're going to be more productive. You're not going to be missing work as much. You're going to have more energy yeah. to put your kids, be a better family person, be a better spouse, be a, be a better person in general. So, and usually when you're healthier, you have more confident and you're, you're working out achieving goals. You, you had a goal of being able to run four miles in a certain time. You achieve that goal. So then you get that mindset of I can I can apply that same kind of uh, energy to a new goal or a different different aspect of my life. So I think we're, we're definitely kind of – I don't think people see the, the, the role we have, and I don't think a lot of trainers see the role we have. They think it's about size of biceps and that kind of stuff, but it's a lot more to <laughs> it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what do you see – the industry going in the foreseeable future what's what what do you think is going to really i mean it's the industry is growing at a rapid rate but what what do you see changing in the next few years i definitely see technology you know continue to and take over um it's going to be a lot more virtual kind of stuff um and I'm, i know i'm talking to a virtual specialist but <laughs> it's going to be more virtual training so you're going to have there's going to be a lot of excuses eliminated because you're going to have access to a to great minds at all times um, I'm seeing a more a bigger appreciation of the what we do, and even though it's it's flooded now, I think it's going to end up happening. You know, I, was, I had a kinesiology major in 1999, and people were like, "What is that?" But now I, people actually know what it is, and right. oh, it's a yeah. study. So I, I'm hoping this is maybe more of a hope, but I'm seeing more of a a career path, I guess, or you know, even from a like a kind of maybe weeding out, maybe we narrowing down to maybe two or three key certifications that people had to have um, right. to kind of, to kind of keep the integrity of the profession. So I kind of see that. I see that going. Um, it's definitely going to, definitely going to keep growing. Just it's, it's popular. Um, it's not health and wellness is not going away. Um, I think you might see more of the Eastern, you know, some of the Eastern medicine or kind of get more popular. Uh, you may see gyms with acupuncture, right. that kind of thing. So recovery is going to start taking when the cryotherapy is taking off the compression stuff. So I, technology is going to technology is going to take over the whole world in any aspects. So I I see that being more of a role, whether it's helping and like I said, you know, be able to reach more people as a trainer through you know you, you can pop up on their on their smartphone and train them that kind of thing, or but also just from a like nerds like us measuring like you know I think it's a lot more apparatus where we can actually measure joint force easily or you know what's going on you know inside the body during a workout after a workout recovery wise so 
I definitely see technology taking over, but I'm hoping we're seeing a growth for the, the industry and that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely working virtually, so I, I'm, I'm doing that, you know, the future and present of it. But I definitely think there's a place where we're in a real interesting time because I think people don't always recognize that the, the more formal level of training and working with people, we're still a very young industry, extremely mm -hmm. young. We're in our infancy. We're babies. You know, we're, we're not, you know, nurses who have been around forever, you know. Exactly. We are a very young profession, so but we're coming of age in this technological time. Yeah. So there's always, I think, unintended consequences of coming of age in a in a, in a big boom of something. And I think and more, an industry that we it, it constantly grows. Like we always got to learn. Like people come in for an interview and they may see my certifications on the wall or my degree, and they're like, "Oh, you're done." I'm like, no, we're not done. You're never done. <laughs> We're going to learn more about the human body every day, whether we're talking about the brain, whether we're talking about, you know, yeah. cardiovascular system, neuromuscular system. So I think technology may help even help with educating us on that, too. I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah. No, no, it's great. You got you got something to say. You got to say it for sure, man. You know, <laughs> um, and, I, and I think, you know, one of the big things I think, and again, it's not new. It's kind of like what you're saying uh, about hit stuff. Like, man, we were doing that in track way before it mm -hmm. became popular in, in mainstream. But uh is that you know sleep sleep is huge you know yeah. sleep has become like the monstrous elephant in the room of the you know when i think about recovery what i'm seeing is people like matthew walker who a great book um why we sleep uh talking about how sleep is the foundation that uh nutrition and exercise is sitting on not the other way around and you know it's it's the it's the basically safest most legal form of performance enhancement <laughs> yeah, I wish I could get more. <laughs> yeah, and I, we have a tremendous deficit in sleep in our country. It's continuing to decrease over and over, especially with, you know, phones and technology. So technology mm -hmm. is giving us a lot, but it's also keeping us awake yeah. a lot. And kind of making us lose certain skill sets. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was just talking to, you know, a couple of the interviews before you, we we're, were talking about how you know, people you know, they don't talk to each other as much anymore, especially young mm -hmm. people. They have a very difficult time holding a, a very deep, substantial conversation because uh, they're not used to that. They didn't grow up having conversations. They grew yeah. up texting people. Do Are you, you have to work with yourself Maryland. on that? Well, it's funny that you say that. I, I took them, Maryland has a thing called Maryland Day. So I took them a couple weeks ago. So I took them to the, the, the big library. So they're like, why do you got all these books to hear? They don't they can, they can just have computers in here. Why do you need all these books? I was like, nah, son, we got to actually, you know, go research and you got to figure out where the book was and try to find it and yeah. find out to find the book. Um, so I, I talked to him about not taking things for granted and trying to, you know, just, you know, learn more than one way to do things. And cause they're, you know, they're used to like, for instance, yesterday, my son was like, Hey, pause it. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I said, now you're going to do what I had to do. You're going to have to wait six months for that show to come back on. And hope you catch the part you miss, but it's, so it's just they're used to having everything now. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's good because, hey, Dad, how do I do this? And I'm like, I don't know. Here's a YouTube. Watch this YouTube real quick. It'll, it'll figure, you can kind of figure out how to do it. So yeah. sometimes I had a quick access, but I think it is kind of making making it lazier. And I'm I'm real. That's one of my big pet peeves. Like it's laziness. So I for everything they do technology, I try to also show them different ways to do it and talk about how we used to do it or you know what would be a different way to do it or if you didn't have if your phone was dead for a week what would, no, what would you kind of do to, how, how would you get around so yeah we talk we talk a lot they, <laughs> I think sometimes they get tired of me talking we talk a lot of, about a lot of different things but we definitely talk about you know how how lucky they have it now and they, they were amazed by walking around that library but I had to go through the process of car catalog and you know, oh, man. 30 minutes to find this book I said like, yep yeah, gosh, I remember that. You know, I remember microfiche in college and stuff mm -hmm. and all that. And, you know, if you're if you're a very young person listening to this podcast, you, this is like, just look it up, I guess. You yeah. know? Google it, right? <laughs> My sons don't even know what VCR tape is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was talking to somebody else about it. They were like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I've reached that age. Where I, yeah, I don't know, yeah. you know, it's great. Heard of Blu ray, <laughs> yeah, Blu ray, man. Exactly, man. It's all this stuff like beta tapes and stuff. It's like yeah. crazy stuff, man. Like that, but every generation experiences something like mm -hmm. that. And I feel like we're in the age where we're experiencing this massive jump in technology 
And I, I almost, I always think like, you know, people in our age group, we knew what it was like to not have phones. Yeah. What it's like to have phones. And I'm, I'm, I think about it, this is probably a stretch, like what it was like to have like horse, you know, you rode around in a horse and a carriage to actually having a car. Yeah. Like, what it was like before that. Car navigation. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, what is this thing? Like you turn it on and like, is it going to blow up? You know? Like, yeah. I mean, we're in a, we're in a similar phase that we've, we've experienced like having pagers or just been like making a phone call and it's busy on the line. Exactly. Yeah. You have to wait to get on the phone. Like if your mom's <laughs> on the phone with your sister or something, you're like, man, come on. Exactly. Exactly. You don't have to wait anymore. Now everybody <laughs> has their own thing. And it's just like, it's this fast food society. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm trying to get back to everybody just having these conversations, talk to each other and learn from each other. And I, I think the podcasts are a good way for that. Even though it, it is used on technology, people are starting mm -hmm. to listen to these long form conversations and get back to like, maybe I should talk to other people. You know? Yeah. And I would definitely say after, you know, reading your, I guess your posts on LinkedIn a couple about a year ago and then talking to you, I try to just reach out. And sometimes I just talk, I just call somebody just to talk. Like, Why are we talking? I'm like, Hey, just to slow down, you know, yeah. and then talk. <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on? And cause I'm not good with emojis and all this other stuff. Yeah, so. I'm not either. I just talk. And you know, I, I was, I send you people to talk to, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I was like, yesterday I sent you, uh, I was the other day, uh, Lauren uh, Rothfeld, you know, former basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely give her a call. And I think you guys, I said, oh, man, Rodney would like this conversation. You know, you're just out of, you know, a basketball playing career, gotten the fitness. Like, I think you'd be a good mentor or somebody to chat with her, you know. And, like, you, you won't know these people unless you chat with them. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, yeah. Rodney, it's been awesome speaking with you, man. Lots of good likewise, stuff. Likewise, likewise. And I want I to be very uh, uh, cognizant of your time. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, thank you for being on the show. Uh, my pleasure. Hope I can come back. Yes, of course, man. Uh, uh, you know, I, of course, I asked you to be on the show as I just think you're awesome. And uh, I want to have repeat people. And I think you'll definitely be one of those. So I want you to have an awesome rest of your day, man. You too. You do the same. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, Every note. or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, Cruising. you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ram Power Days is going on now with our most powerful lineup of trucks ever. Hurry in and don't just feel the power, own it. Right now, financing gets 6800 in total values on the 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Quad Cab. Don't miss this great offer. Visit Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer today. Total values include combined cash allowance and 2300 Bighorn Level 2 package value. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 1031 22.